0: Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm your
1: host, Nolan Bicknell, with my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, did you know that Manitoba's home to more than a quarter of the community foundations in Canada? The Thomas Sill Foundation played a big role in establishing many of them, and we'll learn more about the foundation and its activities from its executive director, Hugh Arkley.
0: Then we'll be joined by Rita Chahal. She's the executive director of the Manitoba Interfaith Immigration Council, also known as Welcome Place, and she'll tell us about the great work they're doing with incoming refugees.
1: And finally, Christy McLeod, the executive director of the Mondetta Charity Foundation, sits down with us to talk about a new project called the Human Rights Hub.
0: All this, some classic tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of RC360. Welcome to River City Three Hundred and Sixty. My name is Nolan Bicknell. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. Uh, welcome back, Robert. You're you're back in black. I see.
1: Thanks. Uh, I feel much better yeah. than I did the uh, the previous week. You uh, sounded
0: a little rough last week. I do admit that. And I it, think we'll probably well because we're gonna hear your interview with Tom, the. With Hugh Arkley of the Thomas Sill Foundation, and our listeners will probably be able to hear in your voice a little bit of the sickness because it was recorded last week when you were away.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have to say I wasn't uh, wasn't feeling a hundred percent at the time. Uh, thankfully, feeling much much better now.
0: It was still a great interview though. So it was. Your interview yeah. skills didn't take a didn't
1: take a hit. Well, that's good to hear. So uh, I thought uh, I appreciated your uh, dedication last week, and I thought if last week's song was fever then this week's song is I'm Back. So here's Roger Whitaker right here on River City 360. I've crossed over every ocean and I've sailed the
2: seven seas and I've had the great good fortune to journey where I please I've flown my plane to places where others seldom fly and I've sung my songs and made my friends and then said my good I can talk about the Eskimos i have been the Arctic coast. And I've seen the glory that was wrong See history unfold I've seen the mighty Amazon And tigers in Bengal I've flown the river Rhine Where the laurel the call of home is strong I can see the world has changed you I can see it in your smile But you're really just the same, my friend So I'd like to stay alive
1: You're listening to River City 360. My name is Robert Zirk, joined by my co-host, Nolan Bicknell, and we are now joined by Hugh Arkley. He's the executive director of the Thomas Sill Foundation. Hugh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're welcome. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the Thomas Sill Foundation. Uh, How did it get established and what does it do?
3: The Thomas Sill Foundation is technically known as a private foundation, and that's because its entire asset base was contributed by the late Thomas Sill who left instructions in his will for it to be created. That's all that he said. He didn't leave any, anything in particular as far as his intentions were concerned. He simply left it up to his executors and successors to administer the assets that he left uh, for the benefit of the people of Manitoba. We're not a community foundation like the Winnipeg Foundation is. That's a separate definition, but we do behave or perform as if we were a community foundation in that we're very open to the public and welcome public input and uh, try to be as responsible as we can to the public at large.
1: What are some of the areas in which the Thomas Hill Foundation distributes grants?
3: Uh, We have a broad uh, scope. So we do the usual things that you see any community foundation do, such as uh, family and community services, education, health, services for seniors, the environment, heritage preservation, but we do focus within those categories. So, for example, um, in the field of education, the only thing that we really do, actually do two things, but uh, the one that stands out mostly is support for children at risk of not completing their high school education and also for adults who didn't complete high school but would like to go back and do so. We also have another smaller category for municipal libraries in rural and northern Manitoba. So that's an example of specialization within a broad category. We never used to do that, but because of the demands on the foundation, we had to somehow focus to be effective.
1: So one of the things I wanted to talk about, Manitoba's home to, I think it's around 4% of Canada's population, and yet more than a quarter of the community foundations in the country are based here. And part of the reason for that is the work that the Thomas Hill Foundation does. Well, again,
3: that gets back to our capacity. Uh, Very early on, the original board of governors of the Thomas Hill Foundation concluded that the foundation's work would include the entire province of Manitoba, not just the city of Winnipeg, and that persists until this day. However, once we got to be known as a foundation that would actually go to rural Manitoba, northern Manitoba, visit grant applicants, uh, get engaged with their work, the traffic that we uh, essentially invited uh, became very challenging. And we knew that we couldn't really sustain this in the long run and that we needed what we called at the time partners in philanthropy. And so we helped to establish a number of foundations uh, in rural Manitoba and also including Kenora in Northwestern Ontario, so that at some point in the future, and this was a long-term prospect, that their assets would help us do our work in their communities, so that if we received a grant request from, say, Dauphin, there would eventually be a Dauphin Foundation that would be a partner with us in that project. And I'm pleased to say that 20 years later, that's exactly what's happening. The irony of this is that those community foundations are worth more in terms of capital than than is the Thomas Hill Foundation. They have assets totaling about $50 million now. The Thomas Hill Foundation has assets of about $37 million. So it's worked out pretty well. There's small pockets in rural Manitoba that haven't got access to community foundation, but they're few and far between. And uh, there's probably around 50 or 51 foundations now in in, uh, rural and northern Manitoba. We only helped 20 of them. However, those were the, the biggest 20. Places like Dauphin and and uh, Portage Prairie and Selkirk, Morden and Winkler, they never did have foundations or they had foundations that were languishing. And by virtue of our encouragement, uh, which was probably more important than our money, but by virtue of our assistance, they thrived and other smaller communities uh, looked on and, and emulated what they were doing without any help from us. Now, having said that, we had those, that period where we were challenging the larger communities, and those are two separate projects. We have a third project going on right now that's open to all the foundations in Manitoba, which is a, a smaller challenge grant than the first endeavor. We will provide $25,000 to any community foundation that raises $50,000 for its endowments in, in within a period of 18 months. Not a lot of money, but what it does is it it raises the profile of all those community foundations, and typically what's happening is that on the way to $50,000, most of them are raising more than $50,000.
1: It's kind of about, I guess, just sparking that idea and getting people to kind of talk about establishing something that's permanent and that helps out the community?
3: There's a whole bunch of dynamics that contribute to it. Uh, It appeals to folks who uh, acknowledge that the community that they grew up in, they may not live there anymore, but the community that they grew up in and uh, helped them out, uh, tied their skate laces and walked them to school and help them run a business and all those sorts of things, that at some point in your life it stops being about what you accumulate and starts being about what you distribute. And so there's that sense of loyalty that people have to the old hometown, and they want to make some kind of lasting sentiment of uh, thanks. And uh, we also find that uh, at a certain point communities get to be very proud of their foundations, very jealous of their foundations like they are of their hospital or their high school or any other facility, and many of those communities now, if not all of them, can't imagine their town without a foundation and most of them didn't have one 20 years ago. If
1: people want to learn more about the Thomas Hill Foundation or its recent grants, where can they go for more information?
3: best place is our website which is simply uh, com. Uh, they can call our office at nine four seven three seven eight two, and we'd be happy to talk to them.
1: Excellent. Thank you again so much Hugh for joining me today.
3: You're welcome.
0: Thanks, Robert. After the break, we'll be joined by Rita Chahal. She's the executive director of the Manitoba Interfaith Immigration Council, also known as Welcome Place. But first, here's The Sunshine of Love by Louis Armstrong, right here on RC360.
4: Where there's sunshine, oh that's where you are. Where there's laughter, then you can't be far. In my dreams Every night Oh how I long To hold you tight I need you I'll follow you dear From here to the star Your lips are honey But sweeter before now, till forever, I'll keep dreaming of You and the sunshine of love The oh, sunshine of love Where there's sunshine Oh, that's where you are Where there's laughter Then you can't be far You in my dreams Every night Mm, How I long to I hold you tight I follow you dear From here to a star Your lips are honey But sweeter Yes, now, till forever, I keep dreaming of you in the sunshine of love. But the sunset, but the sunset, those sunsets, Bob and again.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with my co host Robert Zirk. So, Robert, last week I was able to sit down with uh, Rita Chahal, the executive director of the Manitoba Interfaith Immigration Council, and she gave me a great little tour of their facility. It's a beautiful building. right down on Bannatyne, and we spoke at length about the great work they're doing in the community. Uh, the MIIC, uh, aka the, or A.K.A. Welcome Place, is kind of basically the first contact with, with refugees and immigrants in Manitoba here. Rita and I had a wonderful conversation, and, and I'm happy to share it with our listeners now. Uh, I first asked Rita to tell us uh, just kind of exactly what Welcome Place is and what specific work they're doing in our community. <music>
5: Rita Chahal, I'm the Executive Director at Manitoba Interfaith Immigration Council.
0: And uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what that is, what you guys do, and uh, how long have you been doing it for?
5: Well, Manitoba Interfaith Immigration Council, affectionately known as Welcome Place, uh, we've been around for over 70 years. I started out in the church basement, uh, really with a, a response to um, you know helping people, uh, refugees um, around the world, um, actually in, in Europe. And it has grown. And, and as our, um, our name suggests, we are uh, now governed by a, an interfaith board uh, with, uh, represented by faith groups, mainstream faith groups, but also other faith groups uh, that are reflective and uh, the, the, the Canadian face and, and the face of Manitoba. Primarily, uh, we are the Manitoba's largest um, refugee settlement agency. Uh, we are funded by the federal government uh, to do that. We welcome and assist refugee newcomers in their settlement and integration into Manitoba and Canadian society. We provide services in over 30 different languages. Uh, you know, At any given time, it could be 30, it could be 40, 45, it depends on, uh, on, on who we have on staff. Um, we have a staff of 40 full-time complement, as well as about 20 to 25 what we call life-skill trainers and, and uh, a casual staff. Our primary purpose, when the government-assisted refugees arrive uh, at the airport, we pick them up, we bring them to Welcome Place, uh, where we provide temporary housing accommodation uh, until we are able to give them more permanent housing. Uh, We also work very closely with community as well to educate community and other organizations, service providers that we work very closely with on refugee issues and how they can work with newcomers. At the end of the day, our, our really our goal is to ensure that the people who arrive here get integrated and settled into Manitoba, that they become empowered to make choices, informed choices um, based on their experience um, in the first few weeks that they spend with us.
0: Great. Could you speak a little bit about uh, the current situation? And I know there's a huge influx of refugees all around the world. Uh, has that affected your, your day-to-day? And uh, w- what are the numbers looking like this year compared to last year?
5: Well, we definitely know that we expect um, many of the, the Syrian families to arrive in Manitoba. It will affect our day-to-day work in the sense that we'll have to adjust our, our work, work, uh, workforce. And we'll have to make sure that we have linguistic capacity to deal with them. Housing, of course, will be the major problem. Uh, in, our, in our temporary accommodation, we can accommodate up to 120 people at any given time. Of course, the numbers, we don't know what the numbers for Manitoba are going to be like. But based on that, our, our um, forecast is that we are going to be needing a lot more uh, uh, available temporary and long-term housing. Um, so again, depending on the decisions that the government is going to make, the various ministries that are getting involved, at least for the temporary accommodations, we will we'll work with them. Um, but long term, that's going to be a, a challenge. Uh, we're really quite um, uh, quite overwhelmed, and and just uh, the generosity of Manitobans and Winnipeggers who've just been calling me on on, uh, on almost a daily basis and saying we want to help. My house is available. We've got three three houses on the street that can accommodate families. So the generosity of Manitobans is, and the opening of the hearts is just incredible. Uh, we look forward to working with the Canadian public, with the Manitoba um, um, community, to see how we can welcome um, these new families to Manitoba and make their settlements
0: successful. So what can our listeners do if they want to help out or learn more about, about Welcome House?
5: They can uh, call us. Um, our direct line is... Uh, uh, 204-977-1000. Certainly anyone can speak to me directly if that's what they wish to do. Um, we have a volunteer department. They can register in the uh, to our volunteer department and let us know what areas that they want to help with. We are, in the next couple of weeks, um, uh, um, taking leadership in, in helping organize um, uh, a concerted uh, the groundwork that needs to be happening uh, when the refugees arrive, um, not just here at the at Welcome Place, but also the other sister agencies that we work with. In addition, you know, we will be seeking out um, public support, uh, particularly for housing uh, and volunteer support in other, in other ways in which they, they can make families feel more welcome.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us
1: today.
5: My pleasure. My pleasure.
1: Thanks, Nolan. After the musical break, Christy McLeod, the Executive Director of the Mondetta Charity Foundation, will join us in studio to discuss the Human Rights Hub, which is a central space to coordinate and promote local events related to taking action on human rights issues. But first, we're going to play a quick tune. Here's Bill Withers with Lean on Me, right here on River City 360.
6: So
0: Listening to River City 360, Nolan McNill here with my co-host Robert Zirk. And we are now joined in studio by Christy McLeod. She e- she is the CEO of the Mondetta Charity Foundation and the founder of the Human Rights Hub, which is a brand new project uh, that sort of aims to coordinate people that are doing work in the area in the field of human rights. Christy thanks for joining us.
7: Thanks for having me Nolan. So
0: first question for our listeners, tell us a little bit about the Human Rights Hub and what it is.
7: Yeah, so it's a newly launched website. It's about two weeks old, so it's brand new, Um, and it has about three major tenets of it right now. Uh, Firstly, which I'm most excited about, is the central calendar. Um, So that aims to be kind of a one-stop shop for human rights events. Uh, There's a phenomenal density of organizations working in the city and correspondingly there's a phenomenal amount of events Um, but a lot of people don't follow these organizations on their social media channels or websites so they may not necessarily know about the events uh, so this calendar on the hub seeks to be kind of a one-stop shop where you can learn all about the events that are happening uh, in the human rights sector and social justice movement in Winnipeg uh, secondly it has a central blog Uh, That seeks to be a central place for organizations to respond to current news and issues. Uh, We just launched our first blog series, uh, Two for Trudeau, and that was uh, asking community leaders to respond to two human rights issues that they think uh, the new uh, prime minister needs to address. And so just kind of a central place for organizations to share their thoughts, uh, tell us about a cool initiative they're doing, that sort of thing. And then thirdly, uh, it has an opportunities page. And so uh, for employment opportunities, there's Kijiji, there's Workopolis, there's Indeed.com, there's probably other ones, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but they don't necessarily have the correct subcategories or fields to kind of uh, tailor these positions. And so you find yourself, if you're looking in this sector, sifting through endless jobs that are kind of irrelevant to what you're looking for. Uh, So employment opportunities on the hub will hopefully kind of put all of these in one spot And then volunteer opportunities as well. Um, Maybe you're interested in getting involved and you have a certain skill set, but you don't know about the organizations and their needs.
0: Cool. So So why? What motivates you to do all this stuff?
7: It was about five years ago that I started thinking about this. Uh, I was studying human rights at the University of Winnipeg and found that I was missing out on so many events. (laughs) Um, And I was getting really frustrated. And I figured... If I'm you know, pretty immersed in this sector studying human rights at university and I'm having this problem and I know a lot of my friends in the similar situation uh, were missing out on a lot of events, I figured this is probably something that a lot of Winnipeggers are missing out on and maybe don't even know that they're missing out on. And so once I graduated from school uh, last June and had a little bit more time, I started to think about this a little bit more and figure, hey, you know, maybe there's something we can do about this. So I created just sort of an ad hoc blog, uh, SeekingSocialJustice.com, and just began curating events myself and made like a monthly listing. Um, and it was kind of a temporary solution, and it worked a little bit, but I thought, you know, maybe there's still a more legitimate way to fill this void. Um, and so I partnered with Global College and the Winnipeg Foundation to kind of explore this further.
0: And what has been the response so far? How have, how have people um, reacted to when they see... Because it's kind of on trend right now, and pe- mm-hmm. a lot of people are talking about human rights and sort of the importance that they have, especially here in Winnipeg now. So what have you, what's been the the response so far?
7: It's been a pretty positive response. Uh, you're exactly right. People think, you know, this is on trend, this is on point. Uh, specifically in Winnipeg, you know, I think Winnipeg is or is becoming a human rights hotspot for Canada, maybe North America. Um, the CMHR, the Museum for Human Rights, definitely plays a role in that. But there's a lot of other qualities about Winnipeg that makes it a human rights hotspot. And I think just more and more human rights is becoming a part of the discourse of conversation and people are getting involved and interested in human rights. And so I think the hub is just kind of the next step of where you can take this interest and turn it into, you know, partnerships with organizations and other
0: Just kind of a central place to sort of organize everyone because everyone seems to be wanting to do something. So it's Mm -hmm. nice that there's now a place where we can all get together, discuss it and and sort of coordinate each other. Right.
7: Exactly. Yeah.
0: What's the next step for, for you and for the for the hub?
7: Yeah, so that's been kind of the, the question that I've been asked a few times and my response at first was, well, first it was just to get it as a website, um, you know, a functioning website that is on the, web, uh, on the internet, not crashing. So we've reached that goal and that's mm-hmm, very right. exciting.
0: Step one. <laughs> uh, yeah.
7: yeah, so step one. So now looking into further steps, uh, there's a lot of other ideas of things that I think we could add to the website, further components that will help strengthen these relationships between Winnipeggers and organizations. Uh, there's been a few different organizations that I've met with already that are interested in kind of strengthening a partnership with the hub and, you know, maybe doing further initiatives together. Um, one of those would be with Community News Commons next Tuesday. Uh, we're uh, holding an event. Community News Commons does a series of fall training workshops each fall. Uh, phenomenal. You should check them all out. Oh, yeah.
0: Noah's <laughs> a friend of the show. We have him almost on yeah. every episode of, of River City 360, and, and the the training is phenomenal. Free training, and you're helping out with one of the sessions, is it?
7: Yeah. So this Tuesday, uh, the 17th, from 530 to 8 at the Millennium Library, we're co-sponsoring a session on online journalism, social media, and human rights. Cool. Yeah, so that's a great way to come down and meet me, talk to me, Very and nice. learn more about the Human Rights Hub. And
0: if, if someone wants to get involved with the Hub, how can they do so?
7: Yeah, so they can go to humanrightshub.ca. There's a contact us page, and they can fill out the form and send that in to me. Uh, my email address is also Christy, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, at humanrightshub.ca.
0: Perfect. Um, thank you very much, Christy McLeod, the CEO of the Mondetta Charity Foundation and founder of the Human Rights Hub right here in Winnipeg. Thanks for joining us. Thank today. you. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg or listen to any of our past episodes, you can visit rivercity360.org. River City
1: 360 views and news from around winnipeg is a project of the winnipeg foundation in partnership with community news commons and cjnu 93.7 fm
0: please give us a call we'd love to hear from you you can call 204-944-9474 extension 360 leave us a comment about this show request a song or suggest a topic for a future show or just call and say hi That's 204-944-9474, extension 360.
1: And if you're on social media, you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, we are at RiverCity360, or on Facebook, you can find us by searching RiverCity360.
0: I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RiverCity360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday.